This past summer, I was uh, helping around the house, fixing things, and oh, thank you. <laughs> see, she knows me very well. You see, the word the words Dan Harrison and handyman have never been used in the same. Maybe Dan's not a handyman. I guess that could be a possibility. Uh, yeah. So every summer, I take on some projects. <laughs> and I am so blessed to the men of this congregation throughout the years who have helped me <laughs> with my home. <laughs> I put a mailbox up uh, just recently, and uh, they ha- some guys had to help me really put it up. <laughs> I just put it that way. Maybe like Bill Zaletti and Kurt Herman and uh, Mike Seymour. Uh, I'm just so thankful that we have a congregation that uh, takes care of me and takes care of my wife. Uh, but, you know, I try to do my best. Over all these years, I try to do my best. Uh, first, what I'll do is I'll take pictures of the problem, and then I'll go to Lowe's, and I say, look at these pictures. What do I do? And you know what? They're especially helpful. I do like that, you know? Or I Google it. I Google it. Don't you love it? A world of education at your fingertips, no matter what your household problem might be. Well, I was in true, uh, true, true, ace, true value hardware, uh, this particular summer. And, uh, I was, you know, shopping from screws. They're very helpful. And so I, uh, I, I was asked, do you want to enter the drawing? And, Sure, why not? You know, it's summer, I got more time, so I entered the drawing. And then the, then probably within a month, they left a voicemail on my machine saying, we'd like to talk to you about the drawing. And I'm thinking, hey, hey, this has got to be it. So I called them back and they said, yes. I had won the prize. I had won the prize. It was amazing. I don't win many things, but I want to show you what I was given from the True Value Hardware Store. Ready? Ta-da! Holy cats! That's right. <laughs> This puppy stands four feet tall. It's got six different, let's see here, six different ones, and it opens up and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I was just amazed by it. So what I did right away is I called Kurt Herman, and I said, could you assemble this for me? (laughs) And sure enough, Mike Seymour and Kurt Herman that same day came down with this toolbox. And I feel kind of bad because I know that a lot of other guys would be much more excited than I would be <laughs> if they won uh, this toolbox. I don't think I have enough tools to fill uh, this entire toolbox. <laughs> but I'm going to have it at home so when guys come over to help me, uh, they can put their tools in there or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> You know, God has toolboxes all over the world. All over the world. Wherever you go, 
uh, Doug and Diane are going to Texas. Oh, that's a concentration of toolboxes, right? Because the toolbox is a church. And every church, God guarantees, has all the gifts that it needs, spiritual gifts, uh, to get the job done. So right now at Springbrook, we have all the people that we need in order to do God's work. And you are one of those specific tools. You didn't show up here by accident. You think you chose Springbrook? No, God chose Springbrook for you because he needed a unique type of tool like you to be in it. Isn't that special? It's not just like, oh, I'll go to any church and, you know, it not matter if I'm there or not. Well, yeah, it does. God put you there for a reason to do discipleship and evangelism. As our vision goes, reaching and building passionate followers of Jesus Christ. Uh, oh, here's some pictures here. <laughs> there I'm standing by my uh, new new toolbox, and this is Ray, who is a manager. He's coming out on our anniversary Sunday. All right, yeah. Invite everybody. <laughs> I said you'll be our uh, business representative. Uh, that will be on site. Uh, so let me let me go back. And let's talk about what we've talked about so far in the series, Ghost Stories. Talking about the Holy Spirit, right? What have we learned about the Spirit? Well, we've learned about the Spirit, that He is God, the Trinity. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all one, but yet they have unique responsibilities. They are three different persons. Kind of hard to understand uh, you can never really understand it. But at the same time, it's so beautiful because when a person becomes a Christ follower, when they say, God, I have nothing to give to you, no good works, but I want you to give my free, I want you to give you my, give, have you give me uh, your free gift of salvation. At that moment, the Holy Spirit indwells you for the rest of your life. And we've been talking about the benefits the last couple of weeks of having the Holy Spirit within you, helping you understand Scripture, uh, guiding you, comforting you. I mean, the Holy Spirit is just such a beautiful thing to study because we just have a new appreciation for what we have within us. And you've heard, about the term, you've heard the term uh, filled with the Spirit or uh, controlled by the Spirit. And we've talked about how that's happening. It's not like we go by a spiritual tree and take off an apple of power and an apple of patience and an apple of wisdom. That's what I need today. No, 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 no. <laughs> the way that the Spirit controls you, is that you first need to surrender to Him. You need to say, Jesus Christ died for my sins. And He's given me the Spirit. And now I am to live for Jesus. My whole life 
is about being a disciple and telling others about Jesus and Holy Spirit. You guide my life. Now, a lot of people don't do that, right? Because they don't want to give it all over to them. And you don't give it all over to them because you're not even aware of some areas that you need to give over to them. But the point is, is that if you want to be filled with the Spirit, you say, I surrender to you. I will follow your lead. I will follow uh, where you want me to go. And I will obey. And at that point, as you, as you continue to have that type of attitude, the Holy Spirit is going to grow fruit in your life. But if you say, oh, I haven't felt the Holy Spirit and my spiritual life is flat, that's maybe one of the reasons, there are several, is that the Holy Spirit, you're not surrendering to Him. So that's the most important principle. That's what I keep talking about. You surrender to the Spirit. Every morning in your prayer time, you might say, Lord, I surrender to Your Spirit. And just help me to walk with the Spirit. That's another uh, analogy. You know, walking with the Spirit, being controlled by the Spirit. But friends, this is the key to living the Christian life. Because most Christ followers, as I said last week, they're out in this rowboat, right? And they're, they don't understand the Spirit. And they're working and working and working away. And finally, uh, they just give up. And some Christ followers stall unto their death, unfortunately. But as we talked about last week, we want to be in the spiritual sailboat, which the wind of the Spirit carries us along. And it's just a thrilling experience. Now, we talked about this last week, that uh, Springbrook uh, is in a particular place. Now, this is what we call an organizational Life cycle chart. So it's like a bell curve, up and down. All right? So you start up, rapid growth, maturity, and then you just start to naturally decline. Now, sometimes an organization will just continue to go up and continue to go up. But this is more common uh, among churches. Uh, 70 to 80% of churches are plateaued or declining. And... Uh, so we're somewhere in here. Yeah, you know, we've, we've seen our, our tenants go down and uh, uh, other things. And, and so we have a decision to make. Are we going to choose to move into rebirth or are we just going to say, oh, whatever, and slowly over time uh, the church goes into death? Well, of course we don't that. We want to be revitalized. And the problem with most churches is they don't tell their people, hey, we have a challenge before us. They just continue to go through the motions and uh, nothing happens. Well, I'm telling you as your leader that we need to step up. We need to step up in order to start a new chapter here at Springbrook. A new chapter. And the chapter is intentional disciple-making. What this whole process is called is church revitalization. It's breathing new life into a church, new vitality, new vision. And I haven't been this excited in a long time about what's happening in our ministry and how 
God has directed myself and others to realize it's all about disciple-making. And that's where we need to focus our energies. Uh, So, again, when we go down this path of revitalization, it's not just enough for me to go on the path, okay, well, Lord, revitalize us, and all you guys are back there, right? <laughs> it's not enough for myself and the elders to go down this path. Oh, yeah, we're praying, we're working. No, that's not enough. It's not enough for myself and the elders and the leaders to go down this path. All right, we are in. We are going to do the work. We're going to see God do a new work. No, it's myself and the elders and the volunteers and the leaders and everybody who calls Springbrook their church home. If we are going to do what God desires and be revitalized to be a disciple-making church, all of us have to be moving in the same direction. And church revitalization is not necessarily easy. It comes slowly sometimes, and other times it comes more quickly, and yeah, there's work involved. But, but the bottom line is that you believe as someone who calls Springbrook your home that this is an awesome place. We've got awesome people. I've heard that so many times. When I sit down for a newcomer's gathering, your people are so welcoming. I felt so invited. I've heard that so many times. And I want to thank you for loving people who come through our door. And we have so much potential, don't we? We have potential to draw people, to go out and tell people about Jesus, right? And then, of course, we have this beautiful facility where we can come and disciple people. But it's going to take a commitment from all of us to say, okay, we've been around 20 years, we've gone through the life cycle, now we're going to begin something new or renew our commitment to something. See, because right now, the last chapter was, was really informal discipleship. So what that meant is that you came to Springbrook, and you just kind of, okay, well, what should I get involved in? I'll come to service, I guess, and maybe a small group, and maybe I'll get involved in some ministry. It's kind of been like a buffet, right? A buffet. Remember Old Country Buffet? Golden Corral, I don't know. It's really sad. Because I used to love Old Country Buffet. I mean, I went in there and I said, yeah. I don't know if it's because I'm older, but I go into Golden Corral and I just say, so much food. (laughs) But many approach, many churches approach disciple making like a buffet. And so you go down the line, pick up what you want, whatever. Now, that's okay, and that's what we've been doing for the last 20 years in many ways. They're saying, hey, we've got all these great ministries for you and to help you to grow as a disciple. And we encourage you in this way, and we encourage you in that way. Now, that's informal disciple-making. Now, the new chapter that we're moving into is intentional disciple-making. This means that our leadership, our, our leaders, our volunteers, that we're all thinking about discipleship. And we had this leadership team that's been meeting 
uh, for about a year and a half. And, and they've been trying to seek God out in terms of what is a pathway. That's what we're doing. We're, we're creating a spiritual pathway so that when a person comes to Springbrook and they become a Christ follower, we say, hey, you know, here is the pathway you can walk now. I'm not going to make them walk down it, but at least you have a pathway. If you want to become a strong disciple of Jesus Christ, well, follow this pathway because our job is all about making disciples. So that's our new vision, intentional discipleship. Now, the first step in revitalization is prayer. Prayer is the foundation of any great work of God. It's so uh, gratifying. Uh, I asked you guys last week to write down in your communication card, if you were interested, if you uh, would pray five times a week, for a certain amount of time, five minutes, ten minutes, whatever. And uh, we totaled it up this week. And we had seven hours of prayer a day. Or, amen, yeah, let's celebrate that. Seven. Or if it's five days, that's 35 hours of prayer devoted to revitalization. Thirty-five Hours of prayer devoted to, to reaching people for Jesus Christ and discipling. In fact, if you weren't here last week, I'd ask you to do the same thing. Just tear off the communication slip there and uh, write prayer team. And just write down you know, how many minutes you'd like to pray each day. I'm praying 30 minutes a day. I just believe that it's so important. But just take what you feel comfortable with. Even two minutes. At least you're engaging because, you see, that's a step of revitalization. We're saying to God, hey, we are serious about this. And God knows you're serious when you spend time in prayer. No other time do you show God how serious an issue is, is when you pray about it. Because you're saying, I'm dependent on you to make this happen. Let me go over this this is a limerick or story, not a limerick, but uh, it's often what happens when it comes to organizations and service. Let me tell you the story of four young lads by the name of Tom, Dick, Harry, and Joe. Their full names, in fact, were as such, Tom somebody, Dick everybody, Harry anybody, and Joe nobody. Together they were the best of friends, but I must confess, when it came to a task, they weren't very good. You see, when Whenever they were given a job, they all began to fight because this is how it always went. Everybody was sure that somebody would do it. And anyone could have done it, but in the end, nobody always ended up with a task. Now, nobody realized that nobody would do it. So consequently, everybody blamed somebody Nobody did what anybody could have done in the first place. When nobody did it, somebody was angry because it was everybody's job. But everybody thought that somebody would do it instead. (laughs) Isn't that true of life? Any type of organization? Friends, we are, are the most important organization on earth. Because we have the great responsibility 
of passing the jewels of the gospel on to someone else. And the stakes are high, right? Because if they don't hear the gospel and they don't make a decision to follow Christ, they'll spend eternity in hell. They'll spend eternity in suffering. They'll spend eternity alone. We don't like to think about hell, do we? You know, Jesus talked, let's see, twice as much about hell than he did heaven. That's how real it was to him. And that's why he had come again to pay the sacrifice for our sins so we wouldn't have to experience that. But, but I think we have to come back always to that, that truth. Because sometimes we just come so casual and, oh, yeah, they have their religion. Oh, Jesus Christ is the only way. The way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. That's pretty exclusive, isn't it? And that's why it's so critical that we, through the Holy Spirit, give all our energy and all our time that's reasonable over to this great commission. Go and make disciples of all the earth. As you are going through your life, make disciples. Now, God, when we become a Christ follower, gives us a spiritual gift. This gift is a part of us. As soon as you become a Christ follower, you get maybe one, two, or three spiritual gifts. Uh, I have the gift of uh, teaching, uh, evangelism, um, uh, let's see, teaching <laughs> and evangelism and um, service. And again, God gave those to me. He gave them to me. And what am I supposed to do with them, right? A spiritual gift is a God-given ability, right? something that God gives you. Now, you might be a great teacher, and typically you'll have the gift of teaching, but maybe you won't. You won't be able to communicate spiritual truth to people. To serve God and other Christians in such a way that Christ is glorified and believers are edified. Here are some of the different spiritual gifts. Teaching. Well, teaching is needed in all different types of ministry. I'm using my gift of teaching. Uh, the kids have storytellers that are using their gift of teaching. Small groups, uh, leaders and others have the gift of teaching. So again, th- these are spread all over the place. We need a lot of people with the gift of teaching or administration. I'll tell you what, every ministry needs somebody with the gift of administration or it's just a mess. <laughs> So if you're an administrator out there, we need you if you're not engaged. Because administrators, keep it going. Discernment, the ability to listen to someone, listen to what they're saying, but really discern uh, what they really are saying. Uh, The type of person says, you know, I don't feel comfortable with that person. There's something about that. I have discernment. About that. That certainly is needed in the body of Christ to protect us uh, from people uh, who would do us damage. And faith. Oh, that's a great gift. These are the positive people saying, hey, it's going to happen. 
And they have faith that it's going to happen. You see, the cool thing about all these gifts is that we learn from other people. Now, somebody might not have a lot of faith, but if they hang around with a person with a lot of faith, well, their faith quotient will go up, right? And the same with the others. Others are leadership. Every ministry needs a leader. Helps the idea of service, of just being willing to do anything. Uh, they don't care what it is. They just want to help. And that really is the backbone of the church. A teaching, talked about wisdom, being able to, to, to hear a person speak and then respond to them through your spiritual gift of wisdom and give them unique insights that God uses to change their life or wisdom and, and leadership. Uh, those different types of things. Wisdom is so important. And giving. Some people just love to give. I mean, that's how they get a charge out of life, right? Is giving to God's kingdom. And so if you have the gift of giving, give. Have the gift of wisdom, share it. <laughs> right? First Peter 4.10 As each has received a gift... Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. So if you have a gift, it was not given to you for your personal pleasure. Let's say you have the gift of teaching and studying the Bible. Well, for a person like that who says, oh, wow, you know, I really love studying the Bible and everything, but never teach it or share it with uh, somebody that are discipling, that's a waste, right? The spiritual gift is not for you. It's to give to the body of Christ. And really, all the spiritual gifts uh, mainly are used for within the church, not outside of the church. Now, evangelism would be one. But really, God is saying these gifts are to be exercised among us. As good stewards, we're going to manage these things very well of God's varied grace. God's very grace. Uh, you know, I look around, and there's Bill and Mary Zaletti, and, you know, they're both unique, wonderful individuals. And I experience grace differently through all of them. Because, you know, God has always given us grace to deal with what we're struggling with. He gives us new mercies. And uh, that's one thing I love to be about pastor, because I rub shoulders with a lot of people, and they give me grace. You want some grace? Start talking to some people. And they can be an encouragement. Uh, yeah, thanks, Shannon, over there, uh, who's in charge of our compassion on staff. And, you know, I mean, she's just so different from anybody else. Nothing negative there. But, uh, but I really mean it. I mean, Shannon is Shannon. And when I hang around Shannon, I get excited about compassion and loving people. And wanting to help them in their relationship uh, with God. Uh, so that's the way that the church should work. His mercies are new every morning. And many times you get his mercy through another person. And that's why it's important to be engaged in the church. Because if you're some lone ranger out there, you're not getting any mercy. The mercy you can. Now you can listen to you know, radio broadcasts, TV broadcasts. And they can give you some mercy, but not like a person can give you mercy. And that is one of the best things about the church. 
For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying out of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power of love and self-control. So, Paul was talking to Timothy, and he was a little timid about things. Well, he said, fan into flame. That's your responsibility with your spiritual gift, whatever it is. You are to have a lifetime of developing and teaching about that gift to other people who don't have that gift. So it's kind of like your job description. You're just not another peg. No, you're, you're a unique tool that can be used to build up the body of Christ. Another way to look at it is uh, your shape, uh, spiritual gifts, what's your heart passion, what are your abilities What's your personality like? What's your experience like? Maybe something's happened in the past that's led you to have a passion uh, in one area that directs you in ministry. All right. Well, we're going to have our ministry fair today. But first, I want to interview some people. Let's see here. Um. I need a mic. Oh, there you are. Thanks, bud. All right. We've got all these wonderful ministries that are represented here. And this is Springbrook. Okay? Everybody's involved in these ministries. Make up our family. And I want to talk to just a couple individuals and let them know a little bit about uh, their spiritual gift and their passion and and how they use that ministry. So, Mary, why don't you stand up here? <laughs> it's good to be first. Then you can relax, right? That's right. Ah, uh, yeah. Now, what are your spiritual gifts? <clears throat> Excuse me. I would say helps, service, yeah. and hospitality. Yeah, wonderful. And where are you using those gifts here at Springbrook? Oh, everywhere I can. Um, uh, the Connections Cafe. Yep. Uh, we do uh, SOS, uh, which is seniors at Springbrook, once a month. Um, we do. We're here on Fridays to help. Uh, yeah, we got facilities a whole clean. Of, How many guys do we have coming on Fridays? A lot. Fifteen people that come out and clean this church. Full bulletins. Look at your bulletin. Right. I mean, somebody had to put all that stuff in there, right? Well, that's our gang here. Yeah. Um, hospitality would be hospitality. food. Usually if there's food somewhere around here, we're close by. Yeah, usually you have more <laughs> than one spiritual gift. Uh, and there are differing degrees, though, based on how God puts you together. So, uh, how's the cafe doing? Do we need any help there? Oh, please, yes, we do. We need a yeah. few good baristas, a few good cashiers. Um, it's a lot of fun. Um, we named it uh, Connections Cafe right. because we get uh, connected with the people in Springbrook. Um, we get to put a, a name with a face. And so, again, we get to, to know everybody at the cafe, yeah. which is great. And, and, again, this is an area where you can serve, and, and it's fairly easy, isn't it? It's fine. It it's, really yeah. is. Yeah, it's, I mean, um, just getting coffee. Yes. Giving me yes. muffins, that kind of yes. thing. Yeah, okay. absolutely. All right. Um, well, uh, I would encourage you. Where's the cafe table? Right over here. Okay. 
First Impressions is part of CAFE. Uh, CAFE is a part of First Impressions. And uh, we would just love to have several people stand up and say, yes. A lot. That's where <laughs> a lot. That's right. You know, uh, Jesus Christ said that we need workers for the harvest. And whoever you are here, if you're a regular attender at Springbrook and you're a Christ follower, God wants you to be engaged here. Because you're the tool that he put here for that purpose. And maybe you're a cafe tool. <laughs> All right? You have the right mix to get that job done. And I really just want to encourage those who are not engaged in any ministry to take that first step. To take that step toward Jesus to take that step toward revitalization. We need everybody using their gifts. We need everybody in different areas of service. Thank you, Mary. And then the better half, is that right? Or is she the better no. half? Oh, oh, no, no, no. Okay, okay. All right. We're not, going, we're not going there today. <laughs> <laughs> what are your spiritual gifts, ma'am? Uh, my spiritual gifts are administration, hospitality, and craftsmanship. No, I'd agree. Yep. And uh, where are you using those at Springbrook? Everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> uh, yes, Bill is everywhere. I can tell you that. Uh, mostly um, I work in the um, First Impressions team on okay. uh, Sunday mornings. Uh, I also work on the cleaning team on Friday, but also special projects that um, the church gives us to work on. I work with Kurt Herman and Mike Seymour and several other people in here, Don Norton, mm-hmm. um, and we build things that the church yeah. asks us to oh, build yeah. or, or assemble or whatever it is, and that's the craftsman side of me. That's right, and that's what I'm missing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. Um, uh, let's see, we've got uh, landscaping. What, what are you doing landscaping? Mowing the lawn? Mowing the lawn, weeding. Um, putting down mulch. I don't do any of that. Okay, uh, but no, I have, I'm just... I have allergies, so I don't oh, go near yeah. that part of it. Oh, yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. It was so cool. Is Carolyn uh, Willard here? Uh, well, she came out this week. Uh, is she back there? Uh, she came out this week, and she weeded the whole place. Okay? Wow. She weeded the whole place. <laughs> Isn't that great? Mm. Nobody asked her. She saw a need, and that's my desire here at Springbrook, is that people would find a need and, again, fulfill it, whatever it might be, a uh, new ministry, a, a new passion that they have. Uh, that's what you've got to listen to the Holy Spirit about, right? And we really have a need for landscaping. We have need people for <laughs> need for people who love gardens and love to weed and love to... Do that type of thing. We really need those type of people. Also, now this is a no-brainer, okay? We need people to open and close the doors on Sunday, okay? I think, what time do they get here? Seven? I think it's seven o'clock. So an opener comes at seven o'clock, and what do they do? They open the doors, right? And they stick around till about uh, 10.30, and they just kind of make sure everything's going okay, you know, and uh, taking care of us. And then another person comes in at 10.30, and guess what he does? He closes the doors at the end of the service. So they get out about one. 
So we're talking, guys. You know, if you're coming to a service anyway, maybe a, a couple hours more. Now, these need to be filled today, okay? Because some of you guys aren't involved in anything. This would be the perfect thing for you. You open up, you close, whatever. But we really have had uh, people step down from those positions, so we certainly would appreciate that. And, uh, and also some gardeners out there. Thank you, Bill. Over here we have Mike Seymour. Mike Seymour. Mike, tell us what your spiritual gifts are. I believe they're helps, hospitality, and encouragement. All right. And how are you using those gifts? Well, we're uh, involved in three main areas. Uh, my wife, Carol, and I are leaders in a small group. Yeah. And uh, I'm on the lawn mowing team. All right. Mow the yard once in a while. And then uh, we started a new outreach ministry called Fit for Christ. Yeah. And uh, right. we, uh, we lead that as well. Yeah. How do you feel when you're doing ministry? It's uh, really great. Uh, the one I'm most enthused about really now, maybe it's because it's new, is that uh, Fit for Christ. We just started it in May, and uh, we, have, we meet here in a church gymnasium at 9 o'clock on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. And uh, we work out for about an hour. Well, first we have a short devotional, then we pray, then we work out for about 45 minutes, and then we pray again. And then uh, by halfway through the workout, we have about a three, four-minute water break. Yeah. And uh, we've, uh, we've had about... 20 men and 20 women and 10 men over the series. All uh, right. And for the average class size, it's probably about eight or nine. Yeah, that's a really good workout. I haven't gone back, but it's a really good workout. Yeah, it, uh, yeah. Pastor Dan was there once. <laughs> so uh, it, uh, it's come a long ways. <laughs> but, uh, hey, maybe I could do 15 minutes with you, you know. Is that okay? Yeah. yeah. For 15 that, minutes? That might be a stretch. No, but uh, I think it would help. I think. Oh, oh, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, he needs encouragement to come in there. We love him. So uh, I think he'd do great in there. He's, he's been there. He knows what's going on. So. Well, thank you so much, brother, uh, for what you do. And uh, you, are you in landscaping? You said, yeah, 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 exactly. Well, I grew up on a uh, dairy farm in Wisconsin, and I never liked milking cows in the morning and night, but I always liked the field work. Yeah, driving okay. a tractor and such. So here they got a few nice pieces of equipment, a couple of riding lawnmowers. Yeah. It's kind of fun to get out and cut hay or cut cut grass, I should say. All right. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Thank him. Kuran Kuma. Hi, Dan. Hi, Dan. <laughs> so my spiritual gifts, I feel that I have faith, um, teaching, and service. So those are the three main that I have identified. Okay. Now, are you using those in ministry? So I'm very much involved with the children's ministry. Um, I'm involved with Kid City. I'm one of the storytellers. I'm also running the Kid City Tech, whether I'm part of the Kid City Tech team. I'm also involved as an Awana leader. Um, I think that the kids' ministry and children's ministry is a really great opportunity for those who want to serve. Um, it gives you such a joy to see kids, especially during Awana, learn their verses yeah. and to rise, recite those verses because you're realizing that they're putting the power of God yeah. and memorizing those verses that they can use in the future to help them when they have trouble and situations. So I think that uh, Marcy and Michelle do an excellent job in the children's ministry. Um, so, And we're definitely looking for Awana leaders um, strong, able-bodied men, they want to be leaders because, you know, we're dealing with 
boys between third grade and sixth grade, and you know how they can get. So we need some men there who have a strong faith and belief and who want to teach and lead, because actually I think I gain a lot from the ministries as much as I think the kids gain. We as the leaders gain so much also from teaching and learning the Bible with them. Let's thank Ron. Yeah, Awana, and especially in Kid City, we have a lot of roles open all across the board, just sitting at the desk or being a teacher or being a helper. And uh, maybe the Lord is leading you to step up for that. Bill, stand up one more time. I forgot that uh, you need to talk about first impressions, or excuse me, uh, hosts. Hosting, yeah. Well, first impressions team hosting, right. Um, basically, uh, we work uh, in, in the uh, atrium on Sunday mornings, greeting people as they come in the door. Uh, we also help in the um, uh, sanctuary here, uh, particularly on crowded events, uh, helping people find seats when they need them. Uh, Christmas, uh, Easter, and those type of things. Um, and then after the service, uh, we help them connect. If, in fact, they're, they're newcomers uh, to the church, we help them find a connection, particularly if it's uh, someone who might want to work in, in our yeah. SOS category or, or someone who works in uh, Kid City. But we talk to them about what's going on here mm-hmm. at church. Excellent. Thank you, brother. Yeah, that's a great uh, position to jump into. Uh, it's fun. And you're meeting people, and you can be in the service. Uh, so if we could have our ushers come forward at this time. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you that you have each given us spiritual gifts, and they bring us so much joy when we put them to use. In Christ's name, amen. All right, guys, time to talk about invite. You go ahead. Invite your one. Okay? So how are we doing? We got a... A board up here uh, invites your one, and uh, it's good, but it has to be a lot better. Now, you'll see in your programs that you have a uh, little business card. Does anybody have a business card? Uh, well, sharp looking. Uh, but this is your ticket right, that you want to give to people. Uh, you want to invite them. Uh, again, The whole idea is we're trying to build spiritual momentum through prayer and the Holy Spirit, but that, again, you need to take a step. You need to engage. You need to ask somebody to come out. And, again, you know, just come out once to my church. You'll never have to come back. (laughs) Right? But, again, this is an area that we as a church need to grow stronger in. We need to be more bold and telling people about Jesus and getting involved in activities that bring people to Jesus. So, who has invited somebody they'd like to share? Eric? Eric's one of our elders. I've invited several people that I've worked with. Um, Susan Pettigrew and Dana Carr. Uh, one One of the couple is a Christ believer and the other is not. And then... Um, Susan and Tim Pettigrew, they also work with me at the, the school that I'm at. And I'm planning on inviting our superintendent. So, All right. Uh, Eric's the uh, principal at Fox Valley Middle School. Fox River. Yeah, Fox River Grove. All right. Anybody else invite somebody? All right. 
invited my neighbor, Casey Lovelace. Um, she had expressed to me that she was interested in coming to church. Um, she hasn't found, you know, a church home. Um, so we expressed to her how great you are, um, how welcoming everybody is here, and how well that they can relate um, the Bible to the here and now. So, Excellent. Let's give her a hand. <laughs> yeah. Now, friends, we're talking about moving together as a revitalization team. So we've got to think like that. This is not like just any general invite we've done in the past. This is a strategic invite to move us. And again, uh, we've invited leaders uh, in the community. Uh, we've invited friends. Uh, we want people to come out. And even if you can't find a non-believer, bring a Christ follower. It's just an anniversary. We're not trying to you know, steal them from another church. But if they know about our church, they're more apt to recommend it to other people that come along the way. All right, we're going to begin our ministry fair. If our ministry fair leaders could come and take their positions. And, of course, over here we have youth ministries, first impressions, small groups, Wana children's ministry, both together. We have worship and production. <laughs> Didn't I say no? No type of hand clapping. <laughs> Compassion. And I love this one the best. Uh, now, he has to have a bigger toolbox. I mean, who needs that, huh? That's way too big. But <laughs> Joe Hike is our facility manager. And what we want you to do in the next 10 minutes is just come on up. And uh, just go around and find out what the different ministries are. And uh, if you're interested in one and just talking more about it, you're not committing yourself to it, uh, sign up. Why don't you all stand with me and come up front. Also, uh, if you have a commitment card for Invite Your One, uh, put it on our board up here. Uh, see Invite Your One there on the far uh, left. And you can do that as well. All right. Thank you.